Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. And we're going to be talking about the big, big news today, and clearly it sets us up for a long future with you, the listener. And speaking of you, are you new to the show? Make sure you're following the podcast for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you are new to the show, here's what you need to know about us. We're your Harry Potter friends. It's just that simple. So, gang, we've been friends for a really long time. I'm not sure we ever imagined seeing this day. (laughs) 18 years later. Certainly not this soon. Right. Yeah. The big news if you haven't heard by now, is that Warner Brothers is reportedly working on a deal for a television reboot of the original seven Harry Potter books. The news was initially reported by Bloomberg on Monday, April 3rd, and it was quickly backed up by Variety and Deadline, so three very reputable Hollywood trade sources. There seems to be agreement between the publications that they're aiming to give each book one season of television. According to Deadline, J.K. Rowling will be a producer, but not the showrunner. Bloomberg added that under the deal, Rowling would maintain a degree of creative involvement with the series, though she would not serve as primary creator. Deadline added that the importance of the Harry Potter brand has only grown after Warner Media and Discovery merged last year. And Deadline says they'll look for a writer after a deal with J.K. Rowling's team closes. So those are some of the basics. It's clear now what David Zaslav went to talk to J.K. Rowling about uh, not that long ago, right? Yeah, there was a report about that. And I think I read in one of these reports, they've spoken together multiple times now. Yeah. And and like you're saying, Andrew, like this has been kind of a a rumor in the past that seems to finally be gaining the traction. But in anticipation of uh, this day coming, we actually have more than one MuggleCast episode devoted uh, previously to the idea of a Harry Potter TV series, both an episode where we uh, gave our dream casting although that was about 120 episodes ago on 483. Uh, So all of our youngins probably have grown up since then. We need to recast with even (laughs) younger actors, I'm sure. Uh, And then, of course, uh, we pitched uh, just a a whole variety of uh, TV show premises that we wanted to do uh, if they weren't going to reboot the books, which seems to be what they're doing. And that was uh, episode (laughs) 566. Yeah. Yeah. And it's possible there will be an official announcement during uh, an event that HBO and WB are holding on April 12th, but that's not confirmed yet. There will be an event. Will the deal be closed by then? I kind of feel like it's a little too soon for that, but maybe some of this reporting isn't entirely accurate and there will be an announcement on April 12th. And we are currently recording, by the way, on Thursday, April 6th. Man, a midweek recording. This was like a drop everything and get online. This was like when the Robert Galbraith Whoa, news came out. This is like... The... Wait, we're going to pretend this this was spur of the moment? <laughs> Andrew, no, no. Well, I was going to say Andrew and I did drop everything. And, oh, and right. get online to do an Instagram live with Chloe, our social media manager, which was a lot of fun. Um, coincidentally, this midweek recording was already planned. 
So Andrew, maybe (laughs) you, did you know this was coming down the line? Well, I knew that if we played that max, that sound effect enough times during chapter by (laughs) chapter, we would will this into existence. Little did we know that max that would actually be every little thing in the Harry Potter books. Wait, Andrew, are we we recording on Thursday? Because by Saturday, you're going to be in LA there to announce this uh, or on the 12th. Uh, to announce this with Warner Brothers? I was planning on joking that if I'm not here next week, it's because I'm trying to be appointed showrunner. Oh. But um, because, you know, maybe I won't be here next week. You would have my support. That's why you're coming to New York. Oh. Right. Sure. All these theories, true. Nothing Every to do with Bruce one. has everything to do <laughs> with Warner Brothers. But I'm I'm curious to get Eric and Laura's initial thoughts here. Andrew, I I mentioned you and I did the IG Live, but I want to know what Eric and Laura think. Yeah, I think this is a massive opportunity to bring the Wizarding World, specifically the Harry Potter story, into 2023 and make it resonate with audiences, both old audiences and new ones. I also think there is a ton of potential here to expand on the wizarding world through Harry Potter, kind of like what we talked about in our, you know, original Max That episode discussion were some areas where the story could be further fleshed out, thinking about having an entire episode dedicated to the lost day that fans have wanted to know about for at least 20 years at this point, going further into the lore behind Azkaban, learning more about St. Mungo's. There's just a ton of opportunity here to flesh this world out further, a ton of opportunity to make the Harry Potter story more diverse and representative of the world that we live in. And a great opportunity to find some new unknown young actors to bring the trio to life. Once again, I'm excited. I like what you said there, Laura, at the end there about giving an opportunity to like to find a young trio, because uh, what I go back to in thinking about this and turning it over my head is the Stranger Things cast Mm -hmm. who were relative unknowns um, at the time that they were cast on Netflix's big hit show. They uh, have yet to release the final season of that show, but they're household names. Uh, some of them are household names. And certainly the show is has done extremely well uh, the world over and become very popular. And so I think much like Dan, Rupert and Emma and all of the cast that have seen some success and, and you know, really got their their footing on the Harry Potter films grown up to become uh, very activist, uh, very uh, political minded, very um, equality based, you know, just young, young adults. Uh, I want to see more of that good, good nature and good vibe from a, a TV show that's going to be as watched as this one. I'm very excited, too. I'm still kind of in shock that this is actually happening. I'm kind of surprised and it's also kind of sad to an extent that they're already defaulting back to rebooting the original books. Like they tried with Fantastic Beasts. It didn't work out. They apparently have no other ideas that they're feeling confident in. So they're just reverting back to what in some ways is the easiest idea. It will not be easy to create this, but it's the it's the easiest idea. Am I mad about that? Not really, because this is what 
I think many of us have wanted a television adaptation of the books because the movies left so much out, and understandably so. So I'm just very excited to think about the potential here. Uh, to another extent, it's stressing me out because now <laughs> it's like, okay, here it is. Here's what we've been waiting for. Oh, my goodness. Please do not screw this up, Warner Brothers. Get this right and expand in ways we've never seen before to Laura's point about I think you mentioned like St. Mungo's. We have some feedback of people. So many people have brought up the Marauders to us. Why aren't they doing a Marauders series? Well, unfortunately, they're not. I mean, that one seems like such an obvious one. But what about in the Prisoner of Azkaban television season? They spend a whole episode going back in time to give us the story of the Marauders. This is what I'm hoping for. Spending a standalone episode just exploring different stories that we wanted that don't exactly fit into the HP timeline. That's where my head's at, too. That was the craziest thing that you said, Laura, that I would got a giddy about, because if they do decide to do the missing day, they have to start with that, more or less. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of our story. It's it's not the dull gray Tuesday on which our story starts. It's the Monday prior. It's Dumbledore doing this whole, <laughs> all right, we got us. The Monday prior. We got to get it all safe. But. I think you can do that now, though, because the story is already out there. There's nothing more that you really need to find. Oh, it is the lost day. But my point is you you could really begin the story with James and Lily being murdered by Voldemort. Maybe even what went into his decision making in choosing the Potters versus choosing the Longbottoms. Again, because the story is already out there, it's not like we're waiting for another book to drop so that we can get that full plot that you know pieces were missing as we worked our way through the last couple of books. But what I find fascinating about all of this is with the first series, there was so much pressure that was placed on Dan, Emma, Rupert, David Heyman, all of the directors. Now, I feel like there's even more pressure that is going to be on the <laughs> shoulders of whoever takes the place of Dan, Emma, Rupert, and whoever is at the helm of this production. Because, Andrew, to your point, there haven't been many successful endeavors on the part of Warner Brothers since... Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out in July of 2011. You can look at the Fantastic Beast series. You can also look, putting Warner Brothers aside, at Cursed Child, right? The narrative that has been written about that, the narrative that was written for Fantastic Beasts, it has not been well received overall. So it is kind of sad in a way that we're already going back to that source material and rebooting the entire series, I agree, there has to be the expansion element of it that Laura initially touched on. I think the one key word that you kept repeating, Laura, too, is opportunity. There's a ton of opportunity here, but it needs to be done the right way. Yep. That opportunity comes with a big if. <laughs> yeah. Right? And what is that big if? Because I know what mine would be, but well, what is yours? I, I think there are several. One is if it's not sort of an attempt to kind of re 
hash um, ground that the movies already covered if there isn't an attempt to expand the story, make it a little deeper, kind of make it its own thing compared to the movies, compared to even the books, right? Because there is a ton to do creatively with these stories. I think if there isn't, maybe some would see it as a risk to do some of those things, but if there isn't a risk, if they try to play it too safe and say, we're just going to kind of regurgitate the same story we've already told before, just in a TV format, I think it'll fall flat. So they need to be brave. (laughs) Well, what I'm hearing here is to bring on a variety of writers. Yep. Finally, let other people. This is how TV works. You have a team of writers traditionally with serialized storytelling of this high caliber. And um, J.K. Rowling's credential as a writer of uh, live action adaptation has been questioned and tested uh, the final Fantastic Beasts film. They brought in the screenwriter of the film, Steve Clovis, to assist with that. Um, she's not going to find herself having the time to rewrite what's already been written. There will be uh, hopefully a team of people with uh, modern television sensibilities in mind in every sense uh, that is meant um, to really make it a hit show like for this era. Like, you know, to your point, Micah, where you said, is it too soon? Um, Yes, the last film came out in 2011 of the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, was it? Um, But uh, I remember going to still see the first movie uh, in 2001. That was 22 years ago. So whether or not it feels too soon to me is is kind of like maybe leaning toward not because it's been over 20 years since that first one. And kind of realistically, not to steal our thunder from later, but how soon do we think a TV show could even air at this point if it, if we're just getting wind of it now, Andrew? Yeah. Eric, I wanted to bring up these same exact points. Yes, Deathly Hallows Part 2 just came out 10 years ago. But when did the first movie come out? Like you said, November 2001. It's been a really long time since that first one. And when will we get Deathly Hallows, the TV show? November 2033, you know? So... I maybe maybe but, but yeah I think let's say the deal is signed tomorrow when will we actually see this on television two years you have to also remember this is special effects heavy this isn't some straightforward half hour sitcom I think some of the challenge though lies in the fact that a lot of times when you do build upon the success of a series you're continuing the story And a lot of the actors that were in that initial story are then brought back to be a part of that continuation. And we haven't even tried that really in Harry Potter. We're already jumping back to the source material from the standpoint of a book to TV series adaptation. That feels very quick to me versus trying something that maybe goes beyond Harry's time at Hogwarts. We tried Fantastic Beasts. It didn't work. But I think people love the original material. Why not try that? I think they're going back to what they feel is safe. Well, if we also look over the last 20 years, the evolution of television as a storytelling medium. Sure. Uh, that's that's where you go more than movies. And and this was true even as early as the early, early aughts, right? That long storytelling, you really couldn't 
you really couldn't cut it in theaters. That's why there's the extended editions of Lord of the Rings is there's so much story there that's just not going to fit into a theatrical release. And so television has been for some time now the way to tell the type of story that's as complex as the Harry Potter books. So this could also be seen from one perspective as being the format that it was always going to be best for. And that's an idea that excites me, particularly around the later films that I don't have as much love for or I'll say nostalgia for. Um, This series has the potential just by being on TV to do those stories, I think, adaptive justice. I agree with that. I think the Potter series is going to be better served via a TV show format. But I also think it's a point well taken that Micah brings up about the safe choice and I would just observe kind of in relation to that, the landscape right now of TV and of the Discovery and Time Warner merger. It feel it does seem like it makes a lot of sense for them to look at IPs that they know are safe options and are pretty much guaranteed to be some kind of success, right? Um, obviously, we all think there are things that they can do with this series to really level it up and make it something special. But I think bare minimum, because it's Harry Potter, it's one of their most recognizable IPs, they will see some level of success with it. You know what I think? And I think that's what they're thinking. I, I think they saw the fact that we went back and restarted chapter by chapter. They were like, we got <laughs> to do this too. Them. We have to follow those guys. Look how deep these books are. We're going to do episode by episode. Yeah. (laughs) I I totally agree with what you're saying, though, Eric, about how the landscape has changed. And the truth of it is Warner Brothers needs to get in the game as it relates to Harry Potter. They're missing Mm -hmm. out on a ton of money. And that's another huge component of this, if we're just being real here. This is something that could really boost whatever their streaming service ends up being called um, in in significant numbers. Yeah, there's reports they're going to rename HBO Max to Max, which is just silly. I mean, people love the HBO brand. I don't know why you would want to get rid of that in your app's title when you're competing with, say, Disney+. Plus. Are we going to have to change our Max that sound effect? No, I mean, it, it... it foretold the future it max apparently no, it's just gonna be called we will have to change we will have to change our name to max cast though that's, <laughs> right that's that's gotta happen at some max point. cast plus yeah a couple of things i want to bring up to the point about the ips and and using what's familiar to people this news came the same week as disney announced that they are rebooting moana in a live action film yeah that movie came out in 2016 and they're already redoing that one live action, not a sequel, live action remake. That that's especially ridiculous. And the point about um the lost day from a few minutes ago, I would love if the first episode of the first season began with things we hadn't seen before, because that would be the message to viewers and fans. We're giving you something new here. You haven't seen this before, and this is why you're gonna love to watch this. Because we're adding to the world. If they opened with something kind of unfamiliar and took the risks that we're talking about, ah, that would be perfect. And that would be such an awesome message to send. But it also is kind of safe to do that because, like I think maybe, Micah, you were saying before, the Harry Potter movies, we all all know the story. 
thanks to having seen the Harry Potter movies and read the book. So we don't need the same introduction. We can get more. We can back up in the timeline a little bit. Agreed. So I think that's a wonderful opportunity for them. Will they take that risk? <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little ballsy, given how much money they're probably going to invest in this. And be you got- ballsy, Warner <laughs> Brothers. Be ballsy. Look at all of the shows in recent history that have seen high levels of success. It's not because they were too scared to step outside the lines a little bit. Have fun with it. Be creative with it. That's really what people are looking for. Didn't Amazon spend millions on the Lord of the Rings series? So that's actually already had its TV sort of adaptation. Mm hmm there but actually that's that's a good show to look at because there was a report that came out i believe earlier this week that only 37 percent of audiences made it through the entire show 37 percent. i didn't watch that one but i don't think that was actually about the lord of the rings trilogy wasn't it a it wasn't a reboot prequel no. it wasn't a reboot yeah it, w- it was additional. you also have to keep in mind the fan base as well I'm not sure it's as massive as something as Harry Potter, and especially for those of us who have grown up with the series, I think it's going to be something that we're definitely going to to dive into. But I, I guess my point is that by not using a familiar story, why uh, they could have re- maybe they couldn't have, but if they rebooted the Lord of the Rings, the trilogy they would have had a lot more people watching all the way through. But people tune into this Amazon series, even though it's the same fandom, it's unfamiliar to them. So only 37% of them made it through. That's a risk they would run with Harry Potter, too. Mm-hmm. If it was, let's say, Fantastic Piece. That's what we saw happen. Yeah, I, and somebody alluded to this earlier, but I, I think you have to study what has worked. I think Laura brought this up, right? And look look at what Star Wars has done because clearly they've had massive success. I'm sure they've had series that haven't done as well, but they clearly have the recipe to at least, you know, take a little bit of a look at that and and see, you know, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Uh, the, one of the other things though that came up when we did our IG live though is you know, when you go back to talking about how we're not that far removed from the original series, you're talking about some iconic roles, right? When you think about Alan Rickman as Snape, when you think about Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid, you we've obviously unfortunately lost both of those um, individuals over the last several years. And even Dan, Emma, and Rupert, right? They really embodied Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And I'm sure we could get into a whole debate as to whether or not you know they embodied it for everybody. But I th- that that's part of where I think it's too soon. And, and do you connect back in any way to those actors? Do any of those actors show up in some way um, in this reboot? Or is it too, you know, is, is, is that not possible? So and then you're then of course you're talking about seven seasons, let's just say, and and will you get the consistency that the Harry Potter series got for seven or for eight movies, with the exception of Richard Harris being replaced by Michael Gambon? That's tough commitment, as, as even as we saw with the Fantastic Beast series. Uh, so there, there's a lot of questions. As much as there is excitement, there's there's a lot of questions and. 
I won't say skepticism, but there's some hesitancy, at least from my standpoint. I get it. That's the one thing I feel skeptical about, too. It is going to be strange seeing other people play these roles because we grew up with not only these characters, but these actors, too. It was really emotional when we watched the live stream from the Deathly Hallows Part 2 premiere because these actors were saying goodbye to these characters and these iconic roles. So to have them replaced and see, especially the people who have passed Robbie Coltrane, Alan Rickman, it's going to be tough seeing new people. But, you know, is there a specific number on what is the right amount of time? No. Another 40 years could pass, and and some people would still say it's too soon. So I'm hopeful that it's going to be a situation where, yes, it'll be strange at first. We get those early episodes, Hagrid dropping off Harry at the Dursley's doorstep, and it's going to be like, oh, this isn't Robbie. But by the third or fourth episode, assuming all the actors are fantastic, I think it'll be okay. And I won't say we'll forget about them, but we'll be able to accept that new people are playing these roles. Mm. I think we keep touching on this, but what I'm hearing is that this show really is going to need to differentiate itself from the movies so that viewers aren't left feeling that way or aren't left wishing that they were looking at the actors that they recognized in those roles. If the show follows the beat of the movies too closely, I think we're constantly going to be reminded of the movies, the show very quickly from the jump needs to take us out of that mindset or else that's the risk. Yeah, so it'll still be an adaptation of the first book, but from either a varying perspectives or something that just feels totally different. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. one way to do that is to make sure that the cast is diversified. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, it wasn't. In, in the initial series. No. The books aren't. Yeah, but th- this goes to Laura's point about opportunity. We saw that's, them attempt that's what I'm saying is, yeah. it to some extent with the Fantastic Beasts franchise, but I feel like now they have even more opportunity here if you're talking about something that's going to be seven seasons long. Yeah, not to mention Cursed Child and, of course, Hogwarts Legacy, as we brought up in our review. It's a very diverse game, and I think they are trying to right some of the wrongs of the of their original books and movies. So yeah, that better continue. If it doesn't, that would be, I, I can't. I, now that, I'm sure it will. I, yeah, <laughs> it seems impossible. Along the same lines, do you think that they will cast only British actors as they did with the first film series? Oh, could we finally get Haley Joel Osment in a Harry Potter <laughs> show? Just let him play <laughs> Harry Potter. I don't, look, as long as the accent's good, I don't really care who's playing the role. But, but that was something that was very important to the author initially it was. when it was being adapted by David Heyman and Chris Columbus. And I would say that's understandable for sure. It kept those films pure. It kept those films British in a key way, but I don't know that you necessarily need that protection now just because of how it's different and changed since then. So the people making the movies didn't have as much of a an eye for why that sort of thing is important then. I think they do now. Well, and I think that also gives you the opportunity to open up the world. If If you're not going to be so strict about making sure that you have 
British speaking actors in all of these roles, you know, you could take one of the characters that's well known and make them from a completely different part of the world. And they're just there as a exchange student for the seven years that Harry Potter is at Hogwarts. All right, let's take a little break. There's still plenty more to discuss today. We have more of our own questions, and then we'll get some feedback from listeners. So I thought we should also talk about who we want involved. We've mentioned cast members before. I think maybe somebody mentioned David Heyman, too. We were talking on the Instagram Live a few days ago. And by the way, you can watch that on Instagram Live, on Instagram still. Um, Stuart Craig, the production designer, he's done amazing work. But the dude is 80. Does he want to commit to this for 10 years at 80? Let's get John Williams to score the first season. (laughs) Yeah, he's what, 92? I've seen some people say, don't touch Hedwig's theme. Don't use it. Oh, I I love that as a take, but they'll never not use it. They use it in Fantastic Beasts. That's synonymous with Harry Potter. They used it in the game, too. Right. They did kind of change it up a little bit to make it unique in the game. I think they could do something like that for the show. Um, I love the idea of getting, you know, some some alumni on board when it comes to uh, cast, crew, showrunners, things like that. But I would also like to see some new blood in here, um, in particular from a showrunner perspective. I would love to see Craig Mazin do it. He has that? done uh he's the showrunner for The Last of Us, also yeah. Chernobyl, um, on HBO. But he has proven to be a really amazing showrunner. And I think that if paired with the right team for this project, he would nail it. There's also that pre-existing HBO angle with The Last of Us being on HBO and this yeah, presumably going to HBO. Oh, right. That's well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. The cogs are turning. <laughs> if The Last of Us had not been renewed, which it has been for a season at I they've announced season two, but it's also been said very publicly that season two won't fit the entire second video game. So we're looking at a few more years for Craig Mason's availability in particular. Well, um, he's also good at telling a very particular type of story, which has uh, the weight of human choice and sacrifice and sort of more drama than I would expect the early Harry Potter books to be. Not saying he couldn't switch gears, but you wouldn't ultimately be looking in his wheelhouse necessarily. You'd be looking for another Chris Columbus. You'd be looking for somebody who is good with children, who can literally lasso them if needed, um, but get the performance out of them that is absolutely key. I'd be looking to whoever was doing was it the Duffer Brothers for Stranger Things? Like who was working oh, with them? Yeah. Who were those early directors that were working with the children on set? Um, and what are they up to now? Because mm, they, they would point. be more. Yeah, that show is wrapping up, but I think they've already announced a spinoff. At least yeah. they might be working on one. So I they might Netflix- be out, unfortunately. Is it called Justice for Barb? <laughs> <laughs> there will this- never be Justice for Barb. Um <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I think Netflix probably has like an ironclad grip on the Duffer Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Most of the people that come to mind are probably folks that would serve better in the later books as opposed to the earlier ones. I was thinking of like even Guillermo del Toro after having watched Pinocchio. I know that that's not a yeah. real real child. Um but uh, his his Wait, adaptation what? was fantastic. It's, it's not a real boy. 
but thinking of some of the the darker um, storylines that come up later on in the series. And then sure. Miguel Sapochnik, who did a number of the uh, Game of Thrones kind of marquee episodes would be great. And there's another HBO tie-in. So I, I would imagine there are going to be people chomping at the bit to jump into this. I agree. Here are my must-haves for a Harry Potter TV series. Number one, non-negotiable. The color yellow. <laughs> we have not seen it. Okay, Hufflepuff. In a Harry Potter. No, I'm, this isn't a Hufflepuff thing, man. Oh, it's not? Oh. No, bright colors have not been a thing in the Harry Potter visual narrative tapestry or Wizarding World since like 2007 or six, and that's being generous. We can't, this is why I'm hesitant to recommend like David Heyman, David Yates, like they just make these color drained films that don't look like anything. Yeah. Uh, Didn't he anymore. work on Paddington? Still, a very, did. still a very blue movie and Winnie very the blue. It's anyway, I mean, look, <laughs> that I'm obviously in saying this in jest a little bit, but they need to relight. They need to completely from the ground up, rebuild how you light the wizarding world. I don't care if they use the same sets, light them differently because those films Light that are early are so cheerful and it all has to do with the production on this thing. Get people who know how to light a set. Well, Eric, you okay. know, hopefully you'll be happy during the IG live. We talked about how Harry's eyes must be greened in this movie, <laughs> in, in this adaptation. Mm. I don't that, know. I mean, that's a tall order. Sorry. We love this actor, but oh, your eyes aren't green. I mean, I guess, they can put in contacts, but again, seven year. Well, didn't it have to do Dan? Not the he had an issue with the contacts, right? That's why he didn't wear them. Yeah, they hurt his eyes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna make a kid deal with those for like? I seven don't care to 10 about years? the. I'm gonna go on record. I don't care about the green eyes. Well, you thing. could probably at this point yeah. special effects. You can. Eric. Just... Eric was giving his wish list. What? I'm what sorry, else? Eric. Yellow. Oh, yeah. So the color yellow uh, and yeah, more diversity. It's just got to represent something closer to uh, the real world and um, actors. Oh, this is the big the third, but the biggest um, marauders have to be. The current age, that means they were only in their very early 20s when Harry was born, because I genuinely in my brain cannot conceive of what that would look like because we didn't get it in the films. And yeah. I have no idea what it looks like, but I need it because mm -hmm. that will inform my canon. That's fair. And, you know, these single episodes, let's say they do a single episode in season three dedicated to the Marauders. They could use that as a backdoor pilot to potentially launch a whole other separate series that is just Marauders focused. And I think maybe they could use that standalone episode kind of as a test balloon. How did people respond to this episode? Did it receive extra viewership numbers? I bet it would. I bet people who aren't watching this series would dive into that. Long-term Harry Potter fans, they would not be able to resist a standalone Marauders flashback episode. And that could potentially tell them, okay, we got a great cast here with these Marauders. We came up with a great story. Let's push this into a series of its own you think about like uh eric and i love uh breaking bad and better call saul they spun off saul goodman into his own series after the better breaking bad show ended 
And it turned out great. They kind of tested it. It worked. They decided to turn it into a whole series. They can do something like that. I think Supernatural has explored this too. I don't think there's been any series that were really successful, but they tried backdoor pilots. Do you think then that they felt the need to reestablish the series before doing these spinoffs? Meaning get the actors in the roles, right? So you're let's say season three, Prisoner of Azkaban, you have your Marauders cast. Now you can then spin off with the same actors and do a exactly. completely different series. That's a good question. Yeah, you know what? There's, I just had like the most cynical, but yet the most probably realistic thought, which is that the contracts, the types of contracts they'll be writing for these actors uh, are going to include a lot of their future plans of the Harry Potter global franchise development team or whatever. So you know how we managed to get Dan and Rupert and, well, not Emma back for the theme park, uh, like the Hogwarts ride, um, the train ride, and Harry, uh, Dan Radcliffe is on all the bags that you get from the gift shop there. Like that's luck because he didn't have to do that. They obviously went back later and added those contracts. Whoever is involved in this TV show is going to be signing all sorts of stuff for spinoffs, especially if they're playing a character that like they identify as being like potential for a spinoff. You better believe they're like signing their life away. Eric, though, you, you made me think about something there's opportunity here for them to sit down with whoever is cast in these new roles. It can almost be like a mentor-mentee type of relationship, particularly for the younger actors. I could see that, you know, with like Dan and and Emma and Rupert, even Tom, like sitting down with whoever gets cast in those roles. Because again, regardless of how good they may be, there's going to be a ton of pressure on them from the start. Yeah, yeah, it will be unfair, but, you know, that's the state of the world and consuming media. I'll just well, say- to, We won't stand for it here on MuggleCast. Well, like some criticism, not hating on children or anything, but I mean, there's there's going to be pressure to get this right. Of course, of course. But I mean, as we've seen, especially with online bullying, criticism can very quickly bridge into- being hateful yeah just being a jerk yeah and uh we we won't stand for that here no 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 um i will say i'll be uh, a little mean for a moment i don't want david yates near this he did seven movies that's enough we don't need that david Heyman, yes david yates no no (laughs) what you don't you don't want another 3d battle no, that's, I'm just saying that's he not got... David Yates. You can't pin that on him. That was a studio thing, probably. No, it's just like he he had his time. We we're talking about we want a fresh take, right? David Yates is not going to give us a fresh take no. on Harry Potter. Right. I agree there should be some legacy people like Heyman, the producer, kind of to carry over the spirit, but in terms of like casting and the storylines and all that i i i don't want yates involved i think you could be i know you joked earlier about Stuart craig but you know mina lima are still around and um yeah they would be great i think to bring back they love the series although that for me might make it too close to the movies for me mm. You think but you about it. Imagine really... they're going to reuse some things, though, right? They yeah, have leaves no, in no. studios at their disposal. Well, the, and that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. That's the thing that leads me to believe this actually will be similar. I joked earlier about them using the same sets, and they probably likely won't do that. But at the same time, 
why would they not with certain things? And the Mina Lima though thing to me is like so much of the Harry Potter movies is Mina Lima that if they do it for the TV show, it might be that it might be jarring for me. It might be too much for me. And I think the showrunner has to be a real fan of Harry Potter, a true genuine (laughs) fan. We've commented that Hogwarts Legacy seems like it was created by true fans. If we can get some of that energy coming over to the TV show, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. It would be frightening if we found out that the person who's running the show or even writing it is not a pre-existing Harry Potter fan. Like that, nah. <laughs> that seems like bad news. We played what that we're gonna game do already. Is when they name the showrunner and the writers, we're going to go into the MuggleCast email archive, which dates back to 2005, and we better find this person's name in our email inbox <laughs> to prove they're a real fan. So, so basically, if we have an email from them, they're okay by us. Uh, they passed our our litmus test. Right. I like how we're gatekeeping <laughs> who is going to be able to. Hey, look, I feel like we really resisted that for a very long time. Now it's time to start giving in. <laughs> yeah, to if anybody the- has a say, we do. But uh, oh, man, I will say, though, I think one of the things that could work in favor of this series is the fact that so many of the cast now that will be in this series could have grown up reading Harry Potter. Uh, and you know, I think that's something that was possibly lacking in certain cases uh, from the original cast. Not, I, I think we have a pretty good sense of who read the books and who didn't read the books, and and so I think you know that could be interesting to see how that affects uh, the cast of of this TV series. Yeah. So should we get to some listener feedback? We got a bunch yeah. of it. We did. Thanks to everybody who participated on social media. I already mentioned, but I'll briefly bring up again. We got tons of feedback asking for a Marauder series or why not do a Marauder series, at least before this. So shout out to everybody who's been wanting Marauders. Uh, who wants to take the first one? And by the way, some of this feedback is pretty negative. I was honestly Ooh. a little surprised. It's Twitter, though. Good. It's all the things I want to say and I'm holding myself back to. Uh. (laughs) all right i'll I'll go first um okay tom x says the only way i would be able to accept it is in animated form the movies are only slightly a decade old makes no sense to repeat the same story when we've got so much to explore in the wizarding world the marauders the founders tom riddle's early years the first war a proper sequel perhaps I think in order for this to make the biggest impact, it has to be live action. And that's not a slight on animation. Animation's a beautiful art form. But the press, think of the prestigious Sunday night HBO television. That's gritty live action dramas. <laughs> not always Oh my gritty. God, a gritty 11 year old Harry Potter adaptation. No, you're right, though. <laughs> HBO has a reputation that it keeps time and again solidifying. Yeah, But think about what animation would solve as far as what we're talking about. Actors aging, um, you know, out of the role or being hard to get. Uh, You wouldn't need them all in the room at the same time. You know, there'd be a lot more flexible schedule. Uh, Jenny Slate could play like Hermione. It would be great. You know, just like a variety of opportunities in the animated way. Uh, Worth consideration. Yeah. The one thing I would just say that I think would hurt 
from an animation standpoint is the perception of the series, right? I, I generally think people associate animation with kids for the most part. I'm not saying that that's right one way or the other, but to the point earlier about HBO on Sunday night, I don't know how many people are going to turn into an animated series, right? You think about HBO Sunday night, you think about The Sopranos, you think about Game of Thrones, but I do agree it would solve a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whether or not they do that is a totally different story. Well, and I'll throw out a point I think Laura will appreciate. Disney Plus has this Marvel series called What If? It's an animated series. And in this show, it answers simply, what if, you know, somebody else had Captain America's shield or whatever other plot lines they want to explore. And they have the freedom to explore those those alternate scenarios because it is animated. So I'd like to see something like that animated at some point. Yeah, And that would be a great spinoff idea if they just want to rip off Marvel. Go for it. Harry, they might that might be in our spin-off episode, in fact, one of the it ideas is. that we pitched. Okay. Harry Potter's Time Turner Adventures. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be something cool. Something went drastically wrong, and we got this offshoot of the timeline. Everyone's doing a multiverse. Speaking of into the multiverse or across the Spider-Verse now that's happening. Um, that's an example of an animated film that I think transcends age. Um, Mm -hmm. quite well, but there just aren't enough examples to your point, Andrew, of like really showing that that could be a way that they would realistically consider going for something as big as Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, I do think that there, there are probably a lot of fans of animated shows that would maybe disagree with us here. I don't know why I keep coming back to this, but I keep thinking about Castlevania on Netflix that was an animated portrayal of that story, obviously based on a video game. So it was like, it was adapting from a video game dynamic. Yeah, but I- the show was still very adult and not something that I would put on in front of children. So it is possible. I think it's easier for them to walk the line if they do live action. Yeah, I, I mean, look, there's there's episodes of like The Simpsons and Family Guy I wouldn't put on in front mm-hmm. of children. So, I but but I just don't know that it, ha- it by rebooting the series and you're looking for mass appeal. I don't know that animation is going to be the right way to go. Exactly. I think some of the other recommendations that you had, where you're doing kind of that what if scenario, could be very cool. Um, and and but I think they need to like get their feet wet again and establish the series. And the only way that they do that is is through live action. Right. When you think prestige TV, you think live action. And like you said, Micah, they want to do numbers. They gotta they gotta do live action to appeal to everybody. There's definitely animated shows for adults. I love Bojack Horseman on Netflix. There's plenty other examples there. And again, animation is an awesome, very special meaningful important art form but just for this right now it's it's not the time i'll read the next one from chad honestly and here's a little more criticism honestly chad says except in various limited capacities i'm just done with harry potter and anything jkr affiliated she has really killed any sort of joy or comfort i previously found in her writing because of her hateful rhetoric against trans people Not saying I wouldn't maybe eventually watch this, but right now I can't dredge up even a fake level of excitement for the possibility of this existing. 
end quote. And we've seen a lot of feedback like this. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's um I think this was this series was announced at the same time you said deadline said like JK Rowling would be a producer on this show and 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 obviously I don't I can't see a world where this is adapted where that doesn't uh be the case although I would say like the involvement of a producer on any one particular show some of them are like legacy name drop producers but look that being the only person who's officially attached to this series it's hard to get excited for it um i'll I'll go there i think that we have yet to see what um kind of accommodations are made not accommodations but uh, adjustments are made to also cope with the um updated political climate of uh this era and that's going to be as big or bigger than whatever adjustments they're making to transform uh, or, or adapt this show, the books into uh, TV. I, I think it's near impossible to separate her from this type of a series. Uh, it's her work and she's still around and it it's just not going to be something that I think she would probably feel comfortable with having been re- rebooted without having a a say in in how it turns out. So I think that's something we're going to have to grapple with uh, as we move forward in in covering the TV series. And you know, I, I had put this in the chat earlier, but I think it's worth talking about because it's probably going to happen at some point. Is what is the reaction? Whether we're talking about within the community or from the author when they do cast a trans actor in the series, because I think it's a it's a very good possibility. Right. Yeah. It's a can't win situation for them. They'll be applauded by some people and others will be like, you're just doing that because of everything that's gone down with JK Rowling. This is why it's so important to get more writers on it. And like, honestly, we, we've said multiple times that the Fantastic Beast series has failed. Do we even know why it's failed? Because I kind of point to JK Rowling on that. She had this amazing opportunity uh, in telling the stories, the first movie I would consider to be flawless or one of the best of all Wizarding World films uh, that exists. And yet the story itself petered out. The movies stopped being interesting on a very, very core fundamental level. And so the gift for storytelling, the person that we need to revive this series for a new era is everybody but J.K. Rowling, who's been in charge of the Fantastic Beasts films. We need Tons more people writing in this space and they need to be allowed to do what they need to do. And I think by using the Harry Potter books, they do by rebooting the Harry Potter books, they get a chance to depend less on her because she's already created the whole mold, the whole whole overall story, all the beats that they need to hit. They need to hire a bunch of writers who are just going to jump from beat to beat and expand in a way that we didn't see in the movie. So I think that's probably another reason they're attracted to this idea, because if they said right now we are launching another spinoff series or or we're rebooting Harry Potter and it's only going to be written by J.K. Rowling, they would be receiving they would receive a lot more backlash and they probably will when they say Rowling will be an executive producer or a producer, but she won't be writing or show running. And they can, again, get away with that because they already have J.K. Rowling's mold, the overall story that they're just going to fit into. Yeah. And I know we brought this up on the IG Live too, but I think when we're talking about Fantastic Beasts, this does kind of spell the end of that franchise. Do we agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think 
that's probably safe to say. And I liked movie one too. Uh, movie two was just so bad. Movie three, I thought got it back together. That's probably in part because, uh, who was it? Clovis yeah. got involved. So he probably resurrected it at WB's request. Yeah, but there was just no coming back from that yeah. second movie. Unfortunately, the third movie could have like tap danced and sang um they and did I tap dance didn't they around those bugs well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crab dance andrew very oh, right. crab I dance understand. sorry yeah, they were yeah. they were crabs get Manticore it right dance know the lore <laughs> know the lore andrew yeah i just don't think there was any coming back from that and i agree this is definitely a signal that uh wb is moving on from fantastic beasts although they could still cast jude law as dumbledore I'd be in favor of that. I think that'd be a fun crossover. Because like, I think we touched on on the show when it became clear that uh, movie three's box office was only just okay. Um, that we're like, well, could they employ these actors to do a fundamentally different thing? And Jude Law as Dumbledore, I think, was more or less universally well received. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would be great. He just wouldn't be young, hot Dumbledore anymore, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this next one comes from M.T. Schaefer's, and they say, do we get to see Peeves now? Maybe (laughs) all of the Weasley family will be included this time. Ron gets to keep his lines. Yes. Plus one. Thank you. Hopefully we get to see the book version of Ginny. There you go, Eric. And important plot points won't be cut out for timing and pacing. That's right. Everyone's favorite, the pacing. pacing. Justice. Sweet justice. (laughs) I never, justice. I never, ever, ever want to hear the word pacing again. Give us the Peeves episode, the Peeves backstory (laughs) episode. Well, look, I mean, they still have to be concerned about pacing, but hopefully more will be included. (laughs) Here's the other thing. HBO does not have a history of television series with very many episodes per season. I think they've I explored the lowest possible episodes, uh, episode count. And like HBO only had nine. Like, yeah, maybe for the first film, sure. Or the first book. But for the later books, you're still going to brush up against a lot of hard choices to make. Yeah. And I mean, I could foresee a scenario where season one, Sorcerer's Stone, is just six seven episodes and then as the books get longer the seasons get longer too and maybe by split into two for any season absolutely by five or six split it into separate seasons i just wonder obviously they're gonna have to cast children who will be quickly growing will they just shoot seasons one and two right up front back to back before the kids get too old there's gonna have to be some serious considerations like that i think They could always do a recast situation, like what they're doing with House of the Dragon. Mm. Also, um, The Crown over on Netflix, they recast every couple of seasons. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I think we have a little bit of feedback like that. This comment comes from Evelinda. Honestly, I would have loved new stories, even something set in this time. It would have been great if we had a show that propelled the series forward. Maybe bring in other creators who are more inclusive than JK. Uh, that's a fair point. What are wizards doing in the... What did they do about Y2K? We don't know because the books end in 1997, right? So <laughs> what did the wizards do? Yeah, what? where have the wizards been 
where has the wizarding world that we've heard so much about and lived in for so long, where has that been in the last 25 plus years or 30, maybe by the time, you know, the series gets its footing. So, you know, that's a fair point that this is not moving the story forward. I agree with what we said on this show. It's been safe to, to make this kind of a decision, but ultimately there is that open question of what happens really after Harry Potter. And don't tell me Chris child. <laughs> Well, it could move the story forward once we get to season eight, nine, or ten. Let's say this show is a smashing success. You know, it's beyond our wildest dreams. HBO is not going to want to walk for a walk away from it. They'll do as many seasons as they think they could um, keep the momentum up with. Oh, so this could be the next Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, which is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> Some people are very tired of the show at this point, but others continue to watch. Or Supernatural. Yeah, 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 totally. I could. This is a new baseline for them. They're starting. If I'm being extremely optimistic about this, this is a new slate. They're starting over. They're in a way forgetting the movies and they can use this to go beyond book seven. They can use it to give us the prequels. Like there's lots of opportunities for them here outside of the basic series yes laura Laura said it earlier yeah it's opportunity this week's episode is just titled opportunity yeah (laughs) yeah well andrew you mentioned this earlier dh fan recast the trio every year like house of the dragon it'll remove the time constraints per season and improve the quality of the show yeah thanks dh fan And Danielle said, taking our last bit of feedback that we're reading from Twitter, too soon, too transparently a money grab when they're already out there canceling newer IP or canning finished films. They didn't do that, but they they definitely um, canceled Fantastic Beasts. At least we think so. Um, And Danielle says, too tone deaf because it's further lining the pockets of someone with outwardly harmful views. Yeah, I, and we've addressed bits and pieces of this already. Um, I will say in this current streaming war era, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a money grab. It's gonna be a subscriber grab. It's gonna be a grab Harry Potter fans somehow, because currently we're not grabbing them. All right, moving over to some feedback we got on Facebook. Jenny says, I'm very excited. My friends and I have already said we'll get together at each other's houses to watch together every week. My only worry is that I will be comparing the new cast to the old cast. Many of the actors they chose for the movies walked straight out of the books for me, and I have a hard time imagining anyone else in the roles. Yeah, I think I think that'll be a common concern for folks. Yeah, that see that to me is what I was saying about Mina Lima too. Like it, that's straight out of the movies. <laughs> um, so this one comes from Nathan. They write in, "How do they make the TV show differ from the movies? While they have costumes and sets from Leavesden, some that can and should be reused, it needs to be a different feel. Also, do they keep the live all British cast? They need to make the cast look differently the movies than with the movies and with costumes. Can we get?" 1990s style, please. And for reference, I didn't really know. I don't remember what 1990s style was like. But fortunately, in our live Discord, somebody has posted. Kathleen uh, has given us this amazing, like almost Beverly Hills 90210-esque 1990s version of the Harry Potter Saved by the Bell. Oh, that's probably what this is actually from. I recognize uh, Screech. A lot of denim. Baggy clothing, frosted tips. We got to do it all. Fully lean into the 90s. 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it was so bad. But yes, they they really. I mean, they should. They should. No, I no. They no, should I not. mean, I not not to the extent that we're seeing in this picture. But I will say, when you watch the movies, they're wearing what is clearly like 2010s style clothes. And when you know what time period this story takes place in, it does kind of take you out of it. Um, I actually preferred the muggle clothing that they showed in the Sorcerer's Stone film. Um, It's one of the things that I actually preferred about that point in the series when the kids were wearing muggle clothes. They were very nondescript. They weren't things that caught a ton of attention. They didn't have logos on them. They weren't um, sort of like distinct to a particular fashion era. Whereas in the later movies, you're like, oh, they they went to Forever 21 or Abercrombie <laughs> to get that outfit, you know? Um, yeah, well, that reminds me. Uh, my fourth must have for this series, uh, keep them in robes all the damn time. <laughs> you listening, Alfonso? <laughs> school robes the whole time. Don't care. They're at wizard school. They got to dress the part. Dress for the school that you want. I don't agree with that because in the books, they don't wear robes the whole time. Really? No. Really? I don't agree with any of this. I want it exactly the same as we saw in the movies. <laughs> no clothes? Is that what you're going for? No. I liked what they wore in the movies. I had no problems. <laughs> Carmel says, it's more Potter content. If they can do the books justice, I'll be happy. An appropriate book for Dumbledore mood and get the final book seven duel right. <laughs> An appropriate- Imagine Twitter the night. Yeah. The new Dumbledore does. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, you're still my favorite casting for Dumbledore. Oh, thank you. Next feedback. We're jumping back and forth here between positive and negative, it seems like. This is from Travis. This is sure to be a massive disappointment. With so much Potter lore out there, they've allegedly decided to remake an already iconic story. The movies were terrific as they are. Sure, they had to leave some stuff out, but as standalone films, they get the job done and then some. Why not have a series surrounding the Hogwarts founding, the rise of Voldemort, the founding of Elvermorny, perhaps even the chaos surrounding what is now Azkaban, or even a series about the story and Hogwarts legacy? But no, we are going to try and remake the story that has already been done so well. Again, safest option. Yeah, Travis, I agree with you. All of those are great ideas. I don't think that the studio is confident to be able to put together uh, compelling original content that will do well. They tried it with Fantastic Beasts, started out compelling, and then, you know, we know where it went. I think as we were saying earlier, they want to reestablish the base first and then spread out from there. Um, well, this next one comes from Heidi, who says, woot, woot. I love this Aww, idea. Andrew, your My- mom. <laughs> <laughs> My son and I have been reading the Aww, books together. And- oh. oh, it is my mom. Andrew, wow. this is so sweet. Oh. It's not my mom. It's not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> my son and I have been reading the books together at bedtime for years. Literally, we... <laughs> oh, wait, this is my mom. <laughs> Heidi, I'm so sorry that we keep getting cut off on this email. Andrew's mom is named Heidi, so we're just having some fun with this. (laughs) Can somebody do some fan art of like present day Andrew reading bedtime stories with his mom? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Please. I have a mid journey now, the AI art generator, so I can just instruct it to do that. Do, <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, do what it. happens if you get it to generate something based on your likeness? That's kind of like inviting the devils into the like the vampires into your yeah, kitchen, right? It's a yeah, problem. That's that's the problem with AI. A lot Ugh. of people are discovering. Anyway, back to Heidi's email. Not Andrew's mom. Um, literally, we have read through the series countless times, and to be able to watch the books come to life on TV with him would be amazing. He likes the movies, and so do I, but there is so much they had to leave out. To be able to see some of our favorite parts that aren't in the movies would be fantastic. And poor Ron will actually get to say and do the things he does in the books. The movies did him dirty. Thank you, Heidi. Thank Ron, you. who is a smart character, yes. <laughs> gets to be a smart character. I love the Ron love that we've seen today I in know. the feedback. I want to start a Ron Weasley apologist club. See, like, any listener who's seeing some of this feedback and maybe some of these ideas are coming into their mind for the first time, maybe you're being a little swayed in terms of uh, the potential here for the series. Uh, moving over to the Graham. Randy says, uh, I'm not ready to, this is your whole family. I'm not ready to see a new trio yet, but I will be addicted nonetheless. Yes. My brother-in-law is named Randy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up from Becca, my sister. Oh, wait, no. B.B. Shelton. Each book after Chamber should be at least two seasons long. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, from Maddie H. Episodes from different characters' perspectives. And an example is Mrs. Norris Petrification from Filch's perspective. That could be real good. Okay, at first I read that is like Mrs. Norris's perspective of being <laughs> First of all, yes. Uh, yeah. Just a I whole mean... episode from the cat's perspective, the way they did that episode <laughs> of Supernatural from the car. Well, it- I mean, for this, you could just show uh, David Bradley's reaction when uh, Arya shows up. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's an HBO property. They it could is. just Oh, they could just splice <laughs> that, that in. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Ellie wants to see the Hogwarts kitchens. So uh, if you want to see them before the show, you can get Hogwarts Legacy and uh, tickle the pair. But uh, yeah, uh I get. I mean, this does provide. I, we talked a lot about characters, but I don't know. We talked as much about places that we've never been uh, in. Mm. I know we talked. We did say Azkaban and St. Mungo's, but there's a lot of other places that in the movies we've never gone to. The Gaunt Shack. Yeah, and speaking of house elves, Winky and Spew, S P W. That whole plot line could be brought back. And Hepzibah Smith. The Quidditch World Cup, because the five and a half minutes we got on the film did not count. Right. Some quidditch in general, some more quidditch in general would be nice. But the budget. Well, that gets hard as the story goes on because there was less quidditch in the books as they went on. Quidditch fatigue. Yeah. It's true. You know what, though? I just had this thought. I think there's a lot of opportunities here. I agree. I love that word. Opportunities. (laughs) Are you listening, WB? Well, that's our discussion on this for now. I think we are at the outset of uh, many, 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 many more discussions. We didn't even discuss what this means for MuggleCast, but certainly there are some exciting ideas that we could kick around for the future of this show. But 
again, this is still a long way off. So for now, we're just going to have to look forward to new casting developments and all of that before we get to actually see this thing. If you have any feedback about today's discussion, or maybe you have some feedback about our Prisoner of Azkaban chapter-by-chapter series, because we are in the middle of that right now, and we will get back to that next week, you can send an owl to mugglecast.gmail.com, or you can use the contact form on mugglecast.com. You can also send a voice message, just like Ron did last week. Just record it using the Voice Memo app on your phone, and then email us that file. Or you can use our phone number, which is one nine two zero three Muggle. That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. And in light of this special episode, we will skip Quizage this week, but it'll be back next week, right, Eric? That's right. Everybody, brush up on Remus Lupin's middle name and submit that over to us on MuggleCast.com/slash/Quizage's form. So I still have time. You still have time. But Andrew, you know, the other thing I was thinking about too really quickly is, uh, you know, we're going to get invites to the set and go to premieres. <laughs> no, we gonna... <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. We are blacklisted. <laughs> By probably not being in the good graces of, of Warner, we can try to get at least screeners, right? Be? They can send us some screeners. We're in their good graces. Come on. I we think, just haven't well, talked to probably... them in a while. They don't love the JKR criticism, I would guess. Well, they, uh, who knows? That's not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> they also probably don't love that uh, JKR is putting herself out there for that kind of criticism. I would have to guess. Oh, it's true. So we're even. <laughs> I, I, you know, look, we got some time here to- uh, We do. To work things out. Rebuild the bridge. Right. To uh, repair any bridges that might be a little <laughs> wobbly right now. <laughs> Well, we couldn't do this without your support because we definitely don't have Warner Brothers. So <laughs> I'm sort of kidding. Please leave that in. We, we really couldn't do this without your support. It's true. We would really appreciate your financial support at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. And you'll receive lots of great benefits in return, including instant access to years of bonus MuggleCast installments. You get access to our recording studio. We typically record on Saturday morning, so you can join us live. You also get access to our exclusive Facebook and Discord groups. And if you're pledging at certain levels, you'll get a new physical gift every year. And it's fair to say, I think we won't have a lot of time for um, more TV talk on the main show because we're very busy with our lovely chapter by chapter series. So you can stay tuned to future bonus podcast installments for a lot of talk about this tv show sure hope it happens now that we've done a full episode on it <laughs> right and, and now it seems like we might get some more info next week potentially right possibly possibly max that max just max max that yeah we're gonna max th- so <laughs> you're saying we should call the segment max now because they're dropping a word no max that's fine okay Last but not least, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're MuggleCast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow the show for free in your favorite podcast app if you're a new listener. And leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed this and our other episodes. We'll see you next week. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Accio Television Remote. <laughs>